Well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, great to see you all, especially if this is your first time here. And uh, it's my privilege to speak to you this morning. So let me just try and set a bit of a context for what I'm going to share this morning. Week by week, we're seeking to grow in our revelation and understanding of who God truly is. Because quite honestly, uh, we all have quite different range of thinking. Some people uh, you speak to, they think he's remote austere, unapproachable, while others think he's a bit more like Father Christmas. You can get anything you ask from him. And, uh, but we've realized right from the outset, a few weeks back, of this teaching series that the Bible reveals that God is truly unique. Jasper has been created in God's image, but God, how do I put it, is in a league of his own. There's a, a weightiness um, a some, some otherness about his holy nature like no other. That's why Jesus taught that when we pray, and Al picked up on the prayer this morning, there was no conferring, that God taught us to pray that he's to be hallowed. Jesus taught us that God is to be hallowed and honored for who he is. And yet, as born-again Christian believers, we rejoice in the wonderfulness of the fact that he's also our loving heavenly father our father in heaven hallowed be your name he loves to give good gifts to his children and as Hugh expressed in the introductory preach to this series God our father in heaven whose name is to be hallowed is both weighty and wonderful and in previous weeks, we've explored how God is infinite. We've got a lot of big words here. That means he's immeasurable. He's limitless. Songwriter some years ago, Annie Johnson Flint. Al might know this one because he's that kind of age. But some of you won't. But this, this young lady by the age of six had lost both her parents. Can you comprehend this? In her teens, she's become crippled in both legs with arthritis. But nevertheless, she grasped the limitlessness of God when she wrote in her hymn, His love has no limits, His grace has no measure, His power no boundary known unto men. For out of His infinite riches, you do know it, don't you, Al? Out of His infinite riches in Jesus, He giveth and giveth and giveth again. God truly is limitlessness. He's limitless. We've also recognized that God is omniscient, meaning that he is all-knowing. He, he knows all about you, including, as we were reminded the other week, the skeletons, those things that, let's face it, we all have in our past. Now, maybe that leaves you feeling a little uncomfortable about that, that he knows everything about you. But, you know, as Christians, we can feel such a relief that God knows everything about us. He knows the very worst about me, and yet he totally accepts us and forgives us all of our sins. Hallelujah. And last Sunday, we had a visiting preacher, Jeff. He explained how God is self-existent and self-sufficient. He's got no need of anyone's help, and yet, incredibly, during our time here on earth, he uses imperfect people like me and you to do things for him as his co-workers. Wow, what a God. And the more we've come to explore 
together how God is, we've realized that he is incomprehensible, which means we can never fully know him. We will never be able to understand him fully. And yet, the Bible in Daniel chapter 11 tells us the people who do get to know him are those who are strong and do great things for him. I wonder, how well do you know him? Do you know about him? Or have you taken steps to get to know what he's really like? Psalm 103 and verse 7 points out that Moses, you may have heard of Moses, he was the leader of God's people, Israel, many years ago. Uh, he was known as the friend of God. And the scripture says in the Psalms, Moses understood God's ways. He had got to know God. Whereas in contrast, it says, the Israelites at that time, they just saw what God did. They saw the wonders, but Moses understood God's ways. For example, they benefited daily from God's miraculous daily provision of manna and quail for 40 years. But they never really got to know God and thereby understand his heart and his ways as Moses did. And this current teaching series is hopefully both helping you and stirring you to get to know who God truly is. To better understand about the, the weightiness and the wonderfulness of his nature. Now, getting to know God, uh, I, I'm not going to achieve it this morning. It's a venture of a lifetime. It's a bit like marriage, actually. I've been married to Dorothy. Now, you're not going to believe this, I know, because I don't look old enough. But over 53 years. But, but hey, I still don't fully know her. I'm still discovering and experiencing new insights into the one I love. And it's similar and all the more so in getting to know the God whom I love. He is wonderful, even more wonderful than my wife. Well, today we're going to consider two more interrelated attributes of God. That God is sovereign and omnipotent. In the Psalms, Psalm 47, God's people are urged to clap your hands, all you peoples, shout to God with the voice of triumph. That's why some of us get a little bit excited during the praise time. It's not that we're sort of happy clappy. We're just seeking to do what God tells us to do because he's worthy, as we've sung this morning, of our praise. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with the voice of triumph. It's not because he needs our encouragement. We are clapping, applauding the fact he has triumphed over every evil power. For the Lord, psalmist goes on to say, is most high, who is most high is awesome. Sing praises to God. Sing praises to our king, for God is the king of all the earth. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. He is greatly to be exalted. And so, for that reason, as I've already referred to, Jesus taught us to pray for yours, Lord. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and the glory forever. Amen. To use a title which 
You'll find in some of the older hymns of my generation, such as that great hymn, Crown Him With Many Crowns, Psalm 47 recognizes that God is the sovereign potentate. A potentate is a monarch, and it also fits with my alliteration. A potentate is a monarch, and God is the absolute ruler of the whole of the created order, of the entire universe and all that is in it. There are no limits on what God controls. He does what he wills. He is free to act without the permission of any other. He is superior in every way to all others who have ever lived and who will ever live. He knows all things and is all wise and he holds all power. God is not, however, like so many human sovereigns who rule their people by force. God never requires submission to any harmful command because he is a good, good God. You may be someone who resists the thought of someone having control over you because you've been wrongly controlled in the past, maybe. Maybe you were bullied at school or dominated at work or you've previously been in an abusive relationship. I believe this morning God would say to you, come to me, come to me and experience the peace of knowing that your life is in the hands of the all-knowing, all-wise, and all-powerful God who works everything for the good of those who love and trust him. You see, because he controls all things, he can cause all things to work together for our ultimate good. Most of us, let's be honest, have difficulty at times controlling our thoughts, and our attitudes, and our emotions. And so to relinquish control over our life to the one who will do a perfect job, to my mind, makes good sense. Whilst God is the superior one, and high, and lifted up, and continually worshipped in heaven as the Lord God Almighty is seen by Isaiah in his vision, Jesus revealed how the heart of God is gentle and lowly. The more you get to know him, you will realize that he is truly both weighty and wonderful. As the sovereign potentate of the whole universe, God is ultimately in control. But wait for it. He is so secure in his position that he has incredibly given mankind a free will. Although as our creator, he has the right to our allegiance he has given us a free will. Now, theologians have debated for years how God can reign with total power and dominion and yet allow people to have free wills. Personally, I don't find a great problem with the sovereignty of God and human free will being incompatible. I, I, I mean, I haven't got it all sussed out by any means, but it seems to me that God has given Everyone the freedom to choose right or wrong, to accept or to reject the sovereign rule of God. We're free to choose, but any sovereignty, God, who is good and always desires the very best for us, has determined what the consequences are of our choices. And in giving us freedom to choose right or wrong, it doesn't mean 
that God's, uh, it doesn't mean that it's God's will for anyone to choose evil. But when a person does choose wrong, God has allowed them that choice because nothing happens without his permission, which he gave to mankind when he gave us a free will. But he still remains in ultimate control. He is sovereign and working out his purposes. Notwithstanding, friends, how bad you may feel the world seems to be at times. As the superior one in all of time and space, God has the right, the authority to do as he chooses. As A.W. Tozer says in his classic book, we couldn't have a preach on this subject without quoting Tozer, could we? Nothing can hinder him or compel him or stop him. He is able to do as he pleases always, everywhere, and forever. And to my mind, this raises, therefore, an important question. Does God have the strength and power, as it were, to support his sovereignty? And the answer, of course, is an undisputable yes. God has the power to back up what he says and wills. In fact, if he didn't have the power, just think about it. If he didn't have the power to back up his sovereignty and his authority, he'd no longer be capable of being God. But God is both sovereign and omnipotent. The great multitude in heaven assures us of this in their declaration that's recorded in Revelation chapter 19, that the Lord God omnipotent reigns. The one who sovereignly reigns from heaven is the eternal, all-wise God. He is omnipotent. His power is superior to any other. So let's just take a few minutes and uh, think about his power. Whilst the sovereignty of God is about his authority to rule, God's power is about his ability or strength to rule, including sustaining the whole universe and keeping his promises to his people. God is not just powerful, we're told. He is omnipotent, which means he is all-powerful. And because he's unchanging, his power can neither increase nor, cre nor decrease. He is eternally all-powerful. That attribute on its own, I would suggest, would leave us fearful of God. But not only is his power limitless, but his goodness is limitless. He truly is weighty and wonderful. The Bible frequently speaks of God as the Lord God Almighty. He is the source of and controls all power in the universe. There's no one on earth or in heaven or in hell who is as powerful as God. Remember how Lucifer, now Satan, wanted to be like God in power, but when he rebelled against God's rule, he was cast out of heaven by the all-powerful God. Friends, make no mistake, God's power is far superior to Satan's. God's power is even greater, in fact, than the laws which he himself established by which the universe functions and holds together. In performing a miracle, for example, God, as it were, superimposes upon the natural laws the higher 
power of his omnipotence. Hence, he could make the sun stand still at the time of Joshua and cause the Virgin Mary to conceive and give birth to Jesus. Nothing is too difficult for God, as the prophet Jeremiah declared, and some of us used to sing, nothing, absolutely nothing, is too difficult for him. Some say that knowledge is power. Well, God is all-knowing and all-wise. Others believe that to have wealth is power. Well, Psalm 50 tells us, makes us clear that every living creature belongs to God. By whatever measure you use, God is all-powerful. And his power was not conferred or bestowed upon him by anyone higher than him, for he is superior to all others. God's power, you see, is an intrinsic attribute of his nature. And so his power cannot be restrained, withstood, or frustrated by anyone or anything. It is, of course, impossible for anyone, if you think about it, to be more powerful than the one who gives them life. And as Acts 17 tells us, it's in God that we live and move and have our being. It's in God uh, through, the, through the breath that God gives us that Jasper lives and moves and have our being. It's in, it's in God that little Beatrice up in the hospital in Norwich, who's just been born, is, is, will live and move and have her being. God has the authority to rule the earth, and he has the accompanying power to enforce his will. He's accountable to no one, but friends, he's not a tyrant. He's slow to anger and plenteous in mercy, and it's not his will that anyone should perish. The sovereign nature of God's authority and power, however, stands unchallenged. Not even death is a challenge to God, for he's eternal. And by comparison with God's power, as I've said already, Satan's power is insignificant. And there are many, many evidences of God's superior power. Let's just briefly consider some of them. Just a quick overview. Firstly, in creation, the original Hebrew text at the beginning of the Bible, that very first verse where it says God, in the beginning, God created. The word for God there in the Hebrew is Elohim. It means the all-powerful creator God created the heavens and the earth. Literally, the Hebrew text says, from nothing. As Jeff last Sunday said, he was absolutely right. God alone is the only one who truly creates anything. For as humans, when we create something, we make it from existing materials. But God is all-powerful, and he can create from nothing. Hence, he can create a new limb for an amputee. David says, in Psalm 19, the heavens, creation in other words, declares the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Creation is one of the evidences of the power of God. Secondly, the mighty acts of God, such as the parting of the waters of the Red Sea that we read of in the Scripture, and the collapse of the walls of Jericho, which are recorded not only in the Bible, but in secular books. I've been there. I've seen the walls of Jericho where they came down. Thirdly, God's power was also evident in the miracles performed through God's servants, such as the multiplication of the oil for the desperate widow woman by the prophet Elisha, and the raising back to life of the Shunammite son in the Old Testament, and the healing of the cripple from the 
birth, uh, sorry, the cripple from birth by Peter, recorded in Acts chapter 3. And of course, the power of God was evident, fourthly, through the life and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth, including his feeding of more than 5,000 with five loaves and two small fish. I bet Ben and Mika have provided more than that for us after the meeting this morning. But Jesus did it. Also the stilling of a serious storm on the Sea of Galilee. In the healing of cripples and sick people. The freeing of people from evil spirits. The raising of people from the dead. You see, Acts 10.38 says how Jesus went about doing good because he was anointed with power. The God's power. And he was able to go around and do good. And, of course, God's power was also evident in the raising of Jesus from the dead. And fifthly, just just quick overview. God's power has been evident in Christ's church since the coming of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and throughout church history, especially at times of significant visitations by the Holy Spirit. We believe there's power in prayer. That's why we pray for that little baby that had been born this morning. Time will not permit me to talk about these examples that I've cited. And those that I've cited, largely, I would suggest, point to the weightiness of God's nature. But there's another expression of the superior power of God that I cannot help but speak about before I finish this morning. Because it's the ultimate evidence of God's wonderfulness. And that is God's saving power. When we think of God as the omnipotent sovereign ruler, I suspect most of us think of his mighty acts and miracles, which are the evidence of the weightiness of his nature. But God's power in saving and transforming the life of a sinner like me is evidence that he is not just weighty in his nature, This God of omnipotence is also wonderful. He's wonderful. And the incredible wonder is that the sovereign, omnipotent God, in the person of God the Son, who was with God the Father from the very beginning and is as much God as the Father and the Holy Spirit, He, the Son of God, laid aside His majesty, He gave up, as it were, his potentate. He gave up everything for me, but not just for me, for you too. He, God the Son, who has always existed, the all-powerful God, chose to humble himself. And he came from heaven to earth in human form, born to the Virgin Mary that we'll be celebrating at Christmas time, he showed us the way to live life to the full. He went about doing good, including healing the sick. And he died the worst death known to man, to, nailed to a cross of wood to pay the penalty for my sin, but also for your sin. That's the good news of the Christian faith. But death could not contain him. And on the third day, he was resurrected from the dead and he burst forth from the tomb, proving that God truly is all-powerful even over death. And thus, unlike with a human monarch, his reign will know no end. God is truly sovereign and omnipotent. And when I consider creation, 
I cannot help but recognize the weightiness of the unlimited, awesome power of God. And when I think of his saving power, I increasingly appreciate the wonderfulness of his love and grace. He is truly weighty and wonderful. And I can't express those two aspects of God's power, the weightiness in creation and the wonderfulness of his salvation, any better than in the words of this old song. My father is omnipotent and that you can't deny a God of might and miracles tis written in the sky it took a miracle to put the stars in place it took a miracle to hang the world in space and when he saved my soul cleansed and made me whole it took a miracle of love and grace and when he saves your soul he'll cleanse and make you whole it will be a miracle of love and grace and he will keep you from falling he will keep to the end what a one Wonderful Savior, what a wonderful friend, and I stand, I stand in awe of you, I stand, I stand in awe of you. Holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand in wonder what song's yours. Is it, I'll do it my way? Is he on the throne of your life? Or are you still on the throne of your life? Are you amazed at the wonder of his grace, his undeserved favor towards mankind, that God, the Son, should die in your place and bear the punishment for your sin? He did this because he wants the very, very best for your life. But he's given each of us a free will. As the all-powerful ruler of the universe, God could demand your allegiance, 
that you are free to choose or to reject him as ruler. And maybe, just maybe, from what you've heard today, you feel you want to trust your life into God's hands and experience his wonderful salvation power. If you do, I'd be thrilled, and I know he would, to speak with you afterwards and to pray with you. Maybe you've already experienced God's salvation power. Many of us has, but there are maybe areas of your life which have not been fully submitted to his rule. I want to encourage you today to surrender totally to the sovereign, omnipotent God, knowing he's not a dictator, but he's lowly and humble in heart. I believe there are some others today that as we've focused on God's power, your face has become stirred to believe God to do greater things, even in response to your prayers. And for others, I just know in my spirit the absolute assurance of God's sovereignty and thus the fact he's in control has strengthened your trust in God to take care of you and the steps that you're taking into the future. And for some, today's teaching has meant that you realize that perhaps you've been just a little too casual in your worship of the Lord. That you need to worship Him with greater reverence and awe, including bodily postures of bowing and kneeling before Him. We've sung it, but sometimes we're slow to do it, aren't we? You see, a genuine revelation that God is sovereign and omnipotent will affect you as you are fully, sorry, as you are further impacted by God's weightiness and His wonderfulness. And I pray that for many, that today, that it's stirred all of us to get to know God more and to have an increased desire to experience more of His power in our lives. Will you stand with me? As we just stand in the presence of God, you see our understanding is He's high and lifted up and seated on the throne, and yet through His Holy Spirit, He's here with us, right in the midst. And in the words of a prayer of King David, today, we say, yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name.